You're listening to Hive Hoops, a Charlotte Hornets podcast. Here's your host, Joshua Balta. Just when you start believing, they do exactly what you don't want them to do. And it's not because we don't think that Brandon Miller, Hive Hoops, I'm your host, Joshua Volta. It's not because Brandon Miller is going to be some horrible player. I'm not as high on him as many others. Um, I didn't have him as number three actually on my board or even four. Um, he was the fifth ranked player on my board. Um, I was much lower on him than Scoot Henderson. And this felt like a layup. This felt like a pick that the Hornets could not get wrong. Like you, you get one, you're, you're drafting Wimby. You get two, you're drafting Scoot, and then the rest of the draft, there was a there was a pretty steep decline after those two. And um, I felt like this was a draft that was just easy. This was going to be one of those picks where it it, it doesn't matter because it's a layup. You have your guy. You fell into the right spot. There are two players clear and above the rest. And the Charlotte Hornets just did not select him. And I'll be the first to admit I'm wrong if I'm wrong. I will. And I hope I am. Like, there are a lot of people who they they make a claim, they take a stance, and then they want that to come true because they don't want to be wrong. They don't want to be viewed as, you know, stupid. They don't want to be viewed as not knowing ball. They don't, you know, they don't want to admit that they're wrong. A lot of people have an inability to admit that they are wrong. I am not one of those people. I will do so. I will gladly do so. I want Brandon Miller to absolutely go scorch earth and lead this Charlotte Hornets team to a playoffs. I want Brandon Miller to be better than LaMelo. We've seen LaMelo. I think LaMelo is going to continue getting better. I hope that Brandon Miller is the best Charlotte Hornet to ever don a jersey. I hope I am wrong. I hope you hear that when I say this. I truly hope that I'm wrong. I just don't believe that I'm going to be. New Spider-Man just came out, right? Into the Spider-Verse. They sponsored the show. What up? Yeah, you guys know. Um, New Spider-Man came out. We all know about these different multiverses, right? All of these multiverses exist. There's different versions of Spider-Man all across the Spider-Verse. And... Much of their story remains the same. They have those big moments in their life. They call them canon events, right? That all take place. But you may have 
you know, your traditional Spider-Man. And then, like, you have Miles Morales, who's an Afro-Latino and lives in New York City and has a Puerto Rican mother. And his dad's the cop instead of his girlfriend's uh, dad being the cop. And, you know, there are all the different variations. You guys, If you guys watch Spider-Man, you know what I'm talking about, especially these new ones, these new comic uh, book version ones. There are, let's say, 1,000 multiverses. And there are only a handful where Brandon Miller ends up being better than Scoot Henderson. And by handful, I mean like two, maybe three. At this point, we just we have to hope that we live in one of those universes. Because this pick was clear. I, I, I don't know how else to, to state it. Scoot had all of the intangibles that this team needs. Like, Brandon Miller just feels like more of what we already have on this roster. A guy who likes playing basketball, has made a career out of it, and who is good at it. But he's he doesn't feel like he's going to come in and really demand leadership and that he's not going to inject example into this franchise it feels like more of the same it feels like we just have another young guy who is like the rest of the guys on this roster we need some grown-ups and it so let me backtrack for a second if we drafted scoot scoot was younger than brandon miller so it's not like when i say we need grown-ups scoot is younger right but all of the reports Coming out on Scoot is his drive, is his determination, is his work ethic, is his just his all being wanting to pursue greatness and doing whatever it takes to get there. Now, with Brandon Miller, we didn't get that. We didn't get that. That's not. That's not the scouting report on Brandon Miller. It's just not. And so you had an opportunity to take and select, in my opinion, the clearly second best and most talented player in the draft with all of those intangibles that you do not have on this team that you desperately are in need of, and you pass on that. For a guy that has decent handles, good outside shot, and hopefully he can guard a couple, you know, multiple positions. I mean, that's where we're at right now. He can't score at the rim. He shot 44% at the rim against top 50 collegiate opponents in the in his college career. Not pro. Not, not pro opponents. Collegiate which would have had him as the – this would have ranked him as the worst finisher at the rim in the NBA amongst all guards last year. Mitch Kupchak wants to talk about how he'd love to see him form into this shooting guard, play the two. Well, if that's the case, Brandon Miller would have shot the worst percentage at the rim of all players across the NBA at the guard position last season, 
except he wasn't playing against NBA opponents. He was playing against college-level players. And there's a massive gap between those two. And so for all of the talk about Scoot can't shoot 32% during the G League, different things like that, what I, I put a tweet out about this earlier. What do you trust more? Scoot being able to go from 32% from three to a respectable 35% from three? Or Brandon Miller going from 44% at the rim against college-level players to going over 60% at the NBA level? Which one's more likely to happen? Where's reality? The reality is it's Scoot. It's Scoot. And there can be an argument that there's more of a logjam at the forward position than the guard position on the Hornets roster. So everybody wants to talk about fit. And this conversation has been killed. But, I mean, after drafting Brandon Miller, we got Nick Smith Jr. last night. I really did like that pick. I really like that pick. I do. But our forward position feels kind of log jammed if we bring back Miles Bridges, if we bring back P.J. Washington, which I believe we should bring back P.J. Washington. There's no reason to see the growth that he's had in his four years in Charlotte and then now punt on that. For Brandon Miller, who probably isn't going to play the four, especially not from the jump, right? He's got the height, but he doesn't have the body for it. If you bring back Miles Bridges, he slides to the four, but then now Brandon Miller could play the three, but a healthy Gordon Hayward is better than Brandon Miller. It's just, it is what it is. And you have Terry Rozier, of course, and then you have LaMelo, right? We'll see what happens with the rest of this roster construction over free agency. Mitch stated that he wanted to bring in a vet <laughs> with leadership. He says, you know, we just really haven't had that in the locker room, and which just makes me scratch my head more. Like, you had that on the board. You had a guy that everybody raved about his approach to the game in the building, just his presence, the leadership qualities that he possesses that you could have injected day one into this team. Yes, even at, as a 19-year-old. He just, he just has that about him. You could have added leadership at the young guy level, and then still gone out and brought in a vet, you know, to be everyone's dad, essentially, in the locker room while still being able to produce on the floor, of course. But you passed on that. And so, like, Mitch stating he wants to bring in a veteran presence to lead this team, it just, yeah, we need that. We desperately need that, but we could have, we could have had the more talented player that possesses all of those qualities rather than who we ended up drafting. I, it's just, this keeps happening. And I, I hope Brandon Miller is really good. I hope I'm wrong. That's, that's really all I have to say about that. Um, Got to get behind Brandon Miller. It, it's just, it's the wrong pick. In my opinion, it's just the wrong pick. Hornets fans. This hurts. 
I know for many of you, this hurts as well. Uh, we saw the reactions within the arena. We saw them at you know watch parties, draft parties all around the city. Ninety uh, percent of the reactions were the same. There's a small percentage of people who were happy or kind of nonchalant with it. They were good either way. I don't like that. Um, because I think Scoot was far and away the better player. And I, time will tell at this point. Um, Sam Dracula is about to join us for the second part. But I just kind of wanted to get my initial thoughts on Brandon Miller. We're going to talk more about the later Parts of the draft, really like Nick Smith Jr. I thought that was a great pick, the, the fact that he fell to 27. I, I believe that's the steal of the draft. I mean, he was arguably a top five player coming into this past season. Then he dealt with injuries and played through injuries. He didn't play well in some of that. Had some turnover issues, didn't shoot the ball well. But, um, you know, I, the value on that pick is tremendous. Now, I think Brandon Miller is better than Nick Smith Jr. So a lot of people might be like, oh, you you love Nick Smith Jr., but you don't like Brandon Miller. No, guys, no. It's about who was on the board, who we could have had, who we should have had, and the fact that we passed upon a multi-time all-star, in my opinion. I think I think Brandon Miller can be Okay, I don't I don't think he reaches that status. Um, I hope I'm wrong. I hope I'm wrong. Draft night, all Hornets fans everywhere. We're recording. We are nearing 1.30 in the morning. And uh, but you know, we're here because we had to we had to watch the draft like you guys. And so I have Sam Dracula with us. All right. He is becoming a mainstay on Hive Hoop. Sam, say hey to everybody. What's up, everyone? Thanks for having me. Oh, uh, fun. Of to... course, man. Look, look, you're you're basically <laughs> becoming a regular. You know, uh, I, I'm gonna have to get you on the payroll at this point. <laughs> I'm sure. You, I, I'm sure you wouldn't turn that down. Oh no, I'll never. You know, talking Hornets is always fun. Getting getting paid is always nice as well. You know, that's right. <laughs> Sam, Charlotte Hornets. They drafted Brandon Miller. And yeah. all the talk has been between Miller, between Scoot. Who's it going to be? A lot of people were talking about smoke screens. Um, nobody really can feel what's going on with this organization. Mitch Kupchak is old school. He doesn't leak. Woj doesn't have sources in Charlotte. Shams doesn't have sources in Charlotte. A lot of these main, you know, mainstream guys don't have these connections with the Hornets. Charlotte Hornets end up going Brandon Miller. That's what many believed. I, what are your thoughts about it, man? I, I know you were a scoot guy. Now mm -hmm. that it's done, now that, you know, Brandon Miller is indeed on a flight headed to Charlotte, where do you fall on it? So, yeah, like you mentioned, um, I, I'm, a, I'm firm team scoot. For, for a lot of reasons. And I thought we got with, I think there was a Shams tweet that, that, it, that, uh, that Scoot was, you know, gaining steam as far as like the Hornets front office went. Yeah. And, earlier, uh, earlier today. Well, I guess that was yesterday now. Yeah. But, but yeah, I mean, <laughs> it was early today. Yeah. And 
we we heard from Mitch the day before saying, you know, we won't we don't know yet. We're gonna talk about it, come to a decision later, and then make the play. And then it's like, well, of course it's in their best interest, genuinely, to not show their hand in case someone wanted to trade up for Scoot, because no one was trading up for Brandon Miller. And you wanted to protect that that leverage. And so hearing Brandon Miller called out, it just felt just empty. Like, I think Brandon Miller is going to be fine. I think, it's be a, I think he'll play 10 plus years in the league and be totally fine. But I think Scoot offered an immense amount of talent, similar to Brandon Miller, but I thought like an opportunity to bring like a level of culture that's missing from this franchise. Like this, this team has no identity. And I thought Scoot would have contributed to like a real, like hard nosed Miami heat esque type of level of culture here that is sorely missing, like beyond X's and O's. It's a mentality that's, that's missing here. And I don't see that at all from Bannon Miller. He just seemed to be just another guy on the roster that I think will be pretty good. But it, having the second pick in the draft coming off a really bad year, it's like, oh, man, I, we, we missed a chance to really, like, shift the tide of kind of how this franchise operates. And, you know, with the new owners, like, it really could have been, like, a real pivotal, I think, year for the Hornets. And, and now it just kind of seems like more of the same. Um, but Miller's an incredible talent. I don't want to underplay that. It just it feels like a missed opportunity. I'm going to echo everything you just stated because that's exactly where I fall. Um, I think Miller's going to be good. He can shoot it. Uh, he's going to have space. LaMelo's going to find him. Um, he can handle it a little bit. He can create for himself. But just as you stated, like when you start talking about franchise changing, when you rise to the number two overall pick, in what many to believe a deep draft, if nothing else, I don't, I don't believe that there was as much top end talent in this draft. Mm -hmm. And personally, I don't believe it was as deep as many people were trying to allude to it being. But it was, it was still a good draft. And when you move up to two, you want to get that franchise altering that guy that's going to come in with the proper mindset. Brandon Miller feels stale. And he feels, I, once again, I kind of want to say the same thing as you. I don't want to take away from the kid, from his talent, from what he's going to bring here. I think the team should be in a better spot than it was yesterday with him being added on. So I don't want, I don't want to, paint the wrong picture but like you said like this felt like with so much going on around the charlotte hornets franchise with the new ownership coming in and with mitch in his final year and he was talking about earlier on in the season talking about i may not be able to i may not be here to see this whole thing out but like hopefully after me 
you know, I leave this team in a better place and in a position to where they can, you know, compete because we don't, Mitch is coming in and up on his final year in his contract and Steve Clifford is coming up on his. And so there's, we're nearing the end or we're already to the end of a lot of, you know, aspects with this team. Man, I, I wanted to see that like punch, that that injection into this franchise to be different. To you know what? Yeah, we got our guy that you know is going to facilitate. He's going to you know head up the offense. He's going to get us in our sets. He's going to push it up the up the court. But we're also going to add another guy who can do that too. Kind of the out of the box type thing. Well, I say out of the box. It wasn't out of the box for Portland. For Portland, yeah. it was fine. Mm-hmm. But for Charlotte, that that was asking too much. We had we had one guy who was already in that position. Portland, they have two, three guys in that position, but that's fine for them. Mm-hmm. But for us, it did. It it felt like more of the same. It felt like Brandon Miller has that PJ Washington type attitude about him which isn't a bad thing pj pj's been one of our more consistent players i'd say he's mm-hmm. been a call like i mean pj's not getting into anything pj shows up he's not getting hurt he yeah. plays sometimes he gives you a you know up and down from time to time performance but it's not that guy that's just going to come in and really demand things and i guess that's I guess that's what I was wanting, and we just—it doesn't seem like we got that. No, it doesn't feel like it at all. But I do really like what they did with the rest of the picks, and uh, not to not to jump ahead. So I'll, I'll keep it on on Miller uh, for now. But like, there's there's a scenario where Brandon Miller is Paul George, and that is what this team sorely needs but what's paul george's biggest like uh critique right he disappears because he's not like that guy right and we we brought that in so like if, if the best case scenario is paul george paul george is like a top 20 player in the league right regular season right but it's just like well you know maybe maybe it'll be different this kid's he's, he's much younger, obviously. He, much different situations than what Paul George went through in his career. But it's like, ah. But then you think, okay, we got a 6'7 point guard, 6'9 shooting guard. That could work, right? But he's really thin, right? Is he going to be shooting corner threes? Is he going to be cutting? How is Clifford going to use him? Is he going to spend time in Greensboro? Is he be coming off the bench? What do they do with Terry? Because in my opinion, you have to back it. Like they said, Mitch got on camera and said, Brandon Miller, both guys are good. Brandon Miller, we think is better. That's why we took him, right? Okay, he's better. Show us why he's better, why you believe in him. That means Terry has to go. That means Uber can't return, right? That means he has to start. You have to back it. You have to prove it because Scoot, I guarantee, is going to prove it. This is what happened last year with the center spot on steroids with Jalen Duren and Mark Williams. Like, our, us Hornets fans had to sit back and look, oh, the guy we traded away 
is playing and playing well on a different team. Meanwhile, our guy is putting up like 25 and 15 in the G League. Like, what's going on? And so th today, you know, well, yesterday, June 22nd, we saw what the beginning of whatever plan they have. And the next step plan, like step two in this has to be finding a place for Terry. I don't think you can trade Hayward because it's too many. You can't lose both. You can't lose both adults. Like it's just, I'm just terrified of that scenario of like if everyone over 25 is off the team, I, I would be terrified of that. Here, look, I want to stop. Like, can we even afford to lose Terry right now? Like, because yeah. ter like Terry is more of a vocal leader than what we've seen from Gordon Hayward. Yeah, no, yeah, true, very true. And so, like, when you're really looking at it, and maybe, maybe I'm crazy. I don't see Brandon Miller as a shooting guard in this league. Like, the idea, sure, if you want to go long, you want to go lengthy, you want to stick a 6'9 guy at shooting guard and just run it, okay. Who is he staying in front of? What other backcourt entity is he staying in front of in this league? Because we know LaMelo is not going to be assigned to the opposing team's best offensive guard. Mm -hmm. So that means that you're putting a 6'9 Brandon Miller who had athleticism concerns coming into the combine, coming into this draft process. All of a sudden, he has to stay in front of some of the most athletic humans on the planet with their quick twitch and all of these different things. Like, is he a shooting guard? Because in my mind, he plays the three or the four. Right now, I, he can't play the four. He's not beefy enough. Yeah. Mitch Kupchak, what, like you said, you got to own it. You got to back it up. Mitch Kupchak said, we see this guy, he can guard one through four. He can play the two through four. He said that on camera. Mm -hmm. And so – now it's up to the Hornets to show us what they can take Brandon Miller to from today into the season because that's your job now. Like you said, you stated that he was better than Scoot. I don't think so. I Day one, especially not. Maybe you can project that into the future. But day one, definitely not. Scoot's been playing against pros. Scoot has a pro body. Brandon Miller, not so much. He's got to grow into his body. What, but what is the what is the plan? And you've got to make it work now. And getting rid of Terry would terrify me because he is the only adult in the room currently, other than I guess you could say Gordon Hayward too, because he is a veteran. But as far as vocal, as far as you know, we saw him get the training session together in Miami mm -hmm. a couple years ago. Like that's your best leader currently. I, not drafting Scoot, that tells me you need to hold on to Terry or at least until you figure out another avenue. Yeah. I mean, honestly, genuinely, Terry needs to be coming off the bench for, like, for a good team. Mm -hmm. Like, this, the Hornets aren't good, so you can start them and it's not, like, not going to kill you because it's not going to matter in the, in the grand scheme of things. So may, maybe that's the play. Like, you, you start Brandon – and then you you bring Terry off the bench if he's willing to accept a, a, a lesser role. But it just feels like you're doing Terry an injustice by even him being on the roster. Like it, it, the humanitarian thing to do would be to get him on a good team because Terry was he 
28, 29. You know, he's owed $75 million in the next three seasons. And the Hornets are, are, are going nowhere. They're going nowhere fast. They're probably bringing back Bridges. They're going to pay PJ most likely, right? LaMelo's going to be a due a contract extension next summer. Like, this team isn't good enough to be that tied up in cap. And so I just view it as like, you know what? If this, it's, it's not a rebuild, but it's just like a reset because the timeline of this team is just so. How many poor. times are we going to do this, man? But I just feel like we're, this team is destined to be the Wizards. Like the Wizards now have finally woken up. They have a new front office. They're finally hitting the reset button, like a full fledged reset, getting rid of Beal, getting rid of contracts and, and Porzingis and, and acquiring all these assets. Like, that is how you rebuild a team. The Hornets never did that. They signed in Trevor Kemba, and then they got lucky. They went young. You know, they bought out MKG and, and Marvin Williams and Bench Batum and did all these things, but there were roster moves. There weren't roster moves. There was just, like, playing time changes. Yeah. And it was a very soft reset. And then they luck out and get LaMelo, and then they overpay for Hayward, and then it's just locked up again. And you cannot, can't be in the salary cap position without a – bank of picks to properly rebuild like it's just such a speaking of platoon it's still paid they're not paying for him anymore he's finally off the books and so it was just a such a, a it was a soft way to do it and then that guy kind of got caught in two minds and ended up in the middle and below and i genuinely don't see this team being in the mix at all next year i don't believe in this team in this roster as it currently sits you know, July 1 is around the corner. Who the hell knows? With the signing trades, maybe they could pull something off as teams try to dump salary or whatever. But I, I don't I – am, I am not optimistic at all about this team. And so my only hope is that guys like LaMelo, uh, now Brandon Miller, now, you know, the guys from last year, your McGowan, your Thors, um, the, uh, the, the young guys, who's worth keeping – and who's not worth keeping. Like, they have to figure that out because it's accumulating all these kids that are just just, just fighting over the same scraps and we're not proving anything. Like, that was one of the, despite all of the, like, terrible things that happened the last 12 months for the Charlotte Hornets, the, one of the biggest issues for me as a fan is, like, I don't know if Kai Jones is good or not. He, may, he, he probably isn't. But we don't know what he is yet. Same with Book Night. And like, what is Thor? What is McGowan's? Like, we didn't get a clear look at these dudes when things were at the worst. And now we're adding four more kids into this mix, into this pool. And who they're down, they're gonna be fighting over the same scraps. And then we're just gonna be in this constant cycle of nonsense because these kids have no trade value. They're gonna leave for free. And who they, like they're gonna probably pop off in a new situation like Malik Monk did. <laughs> it's just such an L cycle that the Hornets are in right now. And it's, it's uh, unless Brandon Miller is truly, besides Wibanyama, the best prospect in the draft, that's the only hope that you can have of like being lifted out of this mess. It's just that internal like growth of a guy elevating to the next, to the next tier. And I don't know. I just, I don't, I just don't see it. I just don't see it happening. Yeah. I, <laughs> Oh my gosh, you uh, you put into words so many of the fan base's thoughts. I mean, if you could just take words out of this person and this person and this person and jumble them together, I think you just uh, you gave us a good you know mashup of all of that. 
you know, we don't we don't have any leaders. Yeah. It was mess was this the most ironic thing of all of this. It, it was Miles Bridges. That was the guy. He was the guy who was the the vocal and like spiritual leader of this team. During the pandemic, when there's no fans in the building, you can hear him through the broadcast. You can hear him yelling at Brego. We need to play man to man. We got to ditch the zone. We're getting killed out here, right? That was Miles Bridges. He was the dude that welcomed the fans back into the building. And then into the next season, Lamella was the best player, but Bridges was the most important player. And hit what, what followed all that truly represents the state of this, this franchise. And so you have these new owners coming in, you know, is that these aren't their guys. So you can look at the roster, like, you know what? I wasn't involved in this Kai Jones thing. I wasn't involved in this Jason Booknight thing. Let's cut bait, whatever. Let's just move on. Like, it's going to take that, just like a, a proper auditing of, the, of this, because there's like seven dudes on this team that are like tw 25. There's maybe a lot more than that, like 10 that are 25 and younger. It's that crazy are mostly unproven. And now there's four more coming in. And like, what the hell are we going to be doing? Like, this is fuck. Just pump up the Greensboro Swarm. Like, what is this? Why are we building them up and not the Hornets? <laughs> it's wild, man. It's so wild because you're right. You're right. Like, we just added four new pups to the litter and we don't know what we have. And I would, I would respect the Hornets so much. If they just said decline the options on the 21 draft guys, except for Thor, you know, even McGowan's I do like, but there's like, there's it's like, it's not even fat. It's just, just man, it just has to go. <laughs> it just has to go. There's just too many of them. And it's just so frustrating. And yeah, yeah just more in the mix. It's just more of the same. Um, Oh, well, I don't know, man. It's the Hornets, bro. That's, what, that's, how, that's who we are. No, I think you're stating it so well because Mitch Kupchak said tonight in free agency something that he would like to address is bringing in an older vet into this team. And it felt like he could do that on the underside of that by bringing in Scoot Henderson. He's not an older vet, but that is one of the – principal attributes that everybody has raved about, whether it be in the media or coaches or analysts, it doesn't matter. You have that guy that can come up underneath you with that mentality. You can inject that into the roster. And then, yes, you still go get a vet. You still consolidate some of these young guys because they're just taking up too many roster spots. You have nothing. You have no direction of, who you're holding on to and who you're not. Like, yeah, we made the decision on Jalen McDaniels. That's it. Mm -hmm. He's Jalen McDaniels and Caleb Martin. Those are the two guys that we have actually, like, made decisions on and said, okay, you go fly elsewhere. We're going to take something back. But then with Jalen McDaniels, all we did was bring in another young guy. And so – we literally traded Jalen McDaniels for pick 34, and what did we get? We combined it with another pick to get another young guy who's playing over in Spain, who's we're not going to see make any kind of impact on, with the Charlotte Hornets for at least three seasons. 
They're yeah, probably going to stash him in Europe. Yeah, if that. Going to stash him in Europe so he doesn't take up a roster spot. Or they're going to pin him in Greensboro. Like, he's not even going to make the 15-man roster. And it's not saying that I'm not for that. I thought that that was a fine selection where the Hornets were, actually. But, yeah, man, I wanted to see – I really wanted Scoot. And I know the fan base wanted Scoot. You saw – we even saw how Hugo reacted to the news. <laughs> Unbelievable. Absolutely insane. And, I mean, if that doesn't encapsulate the the feelings of this fan base, I just uh, – I don't know what does. Um, I don't know, man. I don't know. Uh, free agency is coming. Maybe we'll get clarity. Like you said, July 1 is literally, what, a week away, eight days away. So maybe we'll get some clarity – Maybe we'll see what happens with Terry, with Gordon. We'll see what happens with Miles Bridges, PJ Washington. Those are your big guys, right? Those are actual pieces that you can do yeah. something with. Like, like Ubre, right? Like Ubre, Ubre can't come back. No, he's not, not that he was like a key cog or anything, but like I think if you if you draft Scoot, you can bring Ubre back. If you Brad, if 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 you you know the the royal you, if you're Mitch Kupchak and you think Ubre is important to the greater good here, what what are we trying to build? You can't you can't draft Scoot and bring back Ubre. You just can't do it. And like so, Ubre out. So that's like four. So you got. I'm gonna do this like on the fly, all right? So Lamelo, DSJ, Rozier, Brandon Miller, Book Knight. That's five. Hayward, Ubre, Cody Martin, Bengawens. That's that's uh fourteen. Oh, excuse me, five plus four. That's late. That's nine. <laughs> <laughs> PJ, Miles, Kai Jones, JT Thor, Nick Richards, and then uh, Mark Williams. Right? So it's one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, 10, 11, 12, 13, 14, 15. That's 15 guys. That is a 20 win team. <laughs> that's not a good team. Uh, <laughs> and that's 15 spots gone. Right? They had five picks and opportunity to package some of those picks up. We saw we saw what you can do with second rounders. Like second rounders are the new first rounders. Like you package enough of them together, you can make something happen in the league. This team has enough contracts to make something go. I love Nick Richards, but if you tell me you can't put three twos and uh and Nick Richards to go get Rashawn Holmes or something, you know what I mean? Like Rashawn Holmes moved for uh, like a, a late pick in the 20s. Like what why not go, that that's how you get a veteran you can do it it could have been done it's there and we're gonna rock out with with more kids which again i do like the individual selections like it's just in the when you step back and like oh crap we got a lot of these unproven kids and now we just added more it, that's where it gets that conflict of like what's the plan here and to your point if cup check's not gonna be around to see it out this it's already seeming like another dead season for the Hornets, like even before it even starts. How much different would your outlook be if the selection had been Scoot instead of Miller? That that would tell me that they are serious about acquiring talent, because I think Scoot is still, even though Scoot is a point guard, I think that Scoot means. Like acquiring scoop means they are determined to 
increase the talent level of the team. And Brandon Miller, who, again, I just got to say, just so I do like and I think will be okay initially and, like, very good long-term. Feels like they're just trying to make what they have work instead of changing what's not working. And that sucks because it's just, it feels like more of the same. Um, I'm, I would love to be wrong, by the way. Like, if Brandon Miller and LaMelo in the backcourt, like, works, that sounds like it would be awesome on paper. But I just don't know. And I'm, ex- I'm looking, really looking forward to seeing how they operate in Summer League if Miller's getting his own shot. Because Summer League's, you know, it's jokes, right? But if you're able to get your own shot off in Summer League and know what spots on the floor that work for you, who you're picking up in Summer League, like, those little things can translate into, into preseason and in the regular season. Um, I'll be looking out for that, those types of things for Miller. See, like, all right, does he get it? Scoop gets it. And I don't know if Brandon Miller gets it. So I, I'm, I'm just, I have no choice but to go the way and see approach. But Scoot, drafting Scoot tells me, like, they're, they're serious about adding, like, to the talent level here. Um, but, yeah, I don't know. I, it just seems like a, 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 a lame duck season. So you stated that Ubre is done in Charlotte with these selections tonight. Who else on the Hornets is done? So if if I'm in the room and I and I'm you know and I get overruled <laughs> on the on the second pick in the draft and not changing any of the picks, I, I'm looking at the roster. Book night is out of here, like absolutely out of here. I don't care what they do with them. Um, Nick Smith is a better version of him. Uh, he's a better pedigree. Um, college, whatever. Ooh, two years for, for Book Knight, one year for Nick Smith. With some inconsistencies and injuries. But Nick Smith was like the number one player in the country. Like he I, I'm willing to give him for a four like a the four-year grace period more than I'm willing to give that to James Book Knight. And Book Knight's taking a full roster spot. Like that, you gotta go. Right? Um I don't see the other ones like um, Amari or James being even anywhere close to suiting up for the Charlotte Hornets no. um, this year. Uh, Amari maybe more so later in the year just because he's a guard, but n- like n- the Najee, no way, uh, I, no, ain't no way. Um, but I do like Nick Smith, so I think I would I would re- just cut bait on Book Nine and give Smith Nick Smith in the system. I want him, I'd want him in Charlotte, by the way. Like, I, I know this team is young. It doesn't have a lot of veterans in it, but I want him around that culture, that professional culture. Because I think you're just, you're just bound to pick up bad habits playing in Greensboro for too long. Um, but yeah, I, DSJ, I would like, in just in general, I, I do like Dennis Smith Jr., but he's not a point guard, man. Like, they need a actual point guard <laughs> that can create terry's not that guy dennis smith jr is not that guy you know it's just it's such a deficit because Lamelo, we don't know how well he's going to hold up we know he can't stay on the floor um he's, he's such a, an undisciplined defender he stays in foul trouble like what are you going to do when he picks up his fifth foul and he has to sit down and in the closed game and he can't facilitate in the half court it's over you're gonna you know Terry and Gordon Hayward, and that's where you're at. Yeah. So I'm, I'm, if I'm, if I'm in the room, I say screw it. Are we got it. We have new owners. 
maybe you have some great spirit. I go, I'm, I'm moving to, I'm moving Terry. I'm keeping Hayward, and then I'm just rocking out with Lamelo and Brandon Miller in the backcourt, and hopefully, and hoping Steve Clifford doesn't lose his mind um, as these guys blow assignments because <laughs> they don't know how to play with each other yet. Um, but just use it to just cut their teeth, you know, gain experience and make mistakes and learn from those mistakes. I mean, that's the best course of action because winning basketball is not going to happen. And they don't have a first round pick next year unless you know, this next year's pick and the pick after is lottery protected. That's what actually well, real quick. One of my favorite fake trades is Gordon Hayward for that pick to send him to San Antonio. And then we get our pick back. Um, that pick is lottery protected next season and the season after. Then it becomes two twos. I don't see this team making the playoffs. So it's not that big of an issue. But probably losing Hayward for nothing, might as well get her pick back in the process. Going, or San Antonio may still want to be good. Hayward loves Manu Ginobili. Seems like it would be a good fit for them. For them. They let them get her pick back just to cut bait. But I see a massive problem because you stated, I don't see this team making the playoffs. And that's the problem, right? Like, at some point, not only – and I, I don't think this has been stated enough. At some point – if you're going to run with all of these young guys and they are going to be the core of your team and you're only, you're only going to have a couple vets, you've got to figure out which ones can play and which ones can't first, mm-hmm. right? But eventually these guys have to get some, some playoff experience or once you finally get there, teams don't have success when they finally make the playoffs for the first time in a long time. Look at the Timberwolves. Look at the Grizzlies. Yes, the Grizzlies beat the Timberwolves last year, but every other team that they've played, they've lost to. All right? Even if they put up, you know, a decent fight, they still ended up bowing out at the end of the day. They're having to learn. They're having to grow throughout the playoffs. If you start telling me that you're going to have a LaMelo ball headed into his fifth NBA season without any uh, NBA playoff experience, what are we doing? What are we doing? Mm-hmm. Like, <clears throat> we we have to do something. And I, I guess Brandon, the Brandon Miller selection is really highlighting this because we don't feel that that was the talent pick. We felt like that was the fit pick. Yeah. And I don't know. I don't. I don't want to be too hyperbolic and say that the Hornets can't be good this year, but you got Miles Bridges. He sat for an entire year. Is he just going to come right back into the league and give you 20 a night again? Is that what's going to happen here? He's going to miss the first 10 games of the season. So he's already down, you know, to 70 uh, roughly because he's going to miss more. So, I mean, he's probably going to play 60 to 65 at best. And so if that's the case, you're missing multiple games from him. Is he going to just come back if the Hornets do decide to sign him? We think he will or that they will. Like this isn't – you can't just say that this team's going to be that 43-win team again just because Miles Bridges is back and you threw the number two overall pick into the mix. Like that's not how it works. Like, we, we, we need some leaders. We need some dudes. We need some consolidation of this roster. Or, man, I, we're just spinning. We're just spinning. Yeah, and I, I, I just, I don't, I don't see, 
Like it, it would Lamelo would it would have to be Lamelo, right? Like Lamelo would have to lift this whole thing up. He's the star, he's the franchise, but he's not like the raw raw guy, you know. He's not the like 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 how he doesn't demand that type of like response from his teammates yet. Who knows? Like year four Lamelo could be a whole different thing. We don't know yet, right? But that's the only hope this team has, is LaMelo making that leap from all-star to all-NBA. And that's a big leap. That's a very big leap. If you do that, um, and if he does do that, can he stay healthy? Can he, can he finish out the year and be available? Like, it, it's, it's such a, like, Scoot offered so much, so many options from a play style point of view. And also so much coverage, short-term and long-term. This immediately with LaMelo playing alongside of him, playing in place of him, right? Back-to-backs, whatever, like they can, you can stagger him. You, you, there's so many options. And then long-term, the contract situation, so you got, we got Scoot, all right, you know? The, uh, the health, big question mark, you know? We got Scoot, LaMelo's not around, Scoot's around, you know? And uh, if Lamel's in foul trouble, he got scoot. Now, unless Brandon Miller has some skills, like he's, he's decent ball handling skills. You know, they say he can play make. You know, I'll see play point guard anytime soon, right? So it's just a weird. It's a it's a weird thing. And I I still to this day contend that Scoot is a better, still a better fit than Brandon Miller, considering all of the um, wing depth, quote unquote, just guys on the roster. Versus LaMelo and Dennis Smith Jr. as the point guards. You can put Terry in that, but he's not a point guard. Dennis Smith Jr. is not a point guard either. Like it's it's such a light area of the floor. The backcourt is such it's, it's it's so neglected, especially with Cody Martin's injuries. Like it's it's so many questions about that part of the floor. It still remains a, that was the bigger fit or the bigger need fit wise than. And he's a better player. Like it's just, it's such a weird thing, man. And I'm hoping for the best. I do like the idea of Brandon Miller, what he can become. I don't know how long it's gonna take. I don't know if it'll ever happen. I hope it happens. I would I would love it for happen. He looks like he'd be awesome in the NBA. But it just it just feels feels so flat. It feels very flat. I wanted to quit my live stream, honestly. Like I hit after I was live streaming the whole thing. And I wanted to end it. I just kind of sucked the wind out of me. Nah, man, that's what that's what I had too while I was watching it. My wife called me. She's like, "Hey, who'd they go with?" And I said, "The wrong guy." That's who <laughs> they went with. She's like, "Oh, damn." I was like, "Yeah, oh, damn." Yeah, Sam. I know this wasn't the most fun episode. Uh, I appreciate you as always, uh, the mainstay of of Hive Hoops. I appreciate every time you come on, man. And uh, you know, you stay at it. We're gonna get through this uh, together. <laughs> We're going to watch and see what Mitch Kupchak can cook. Because I'm here for the Drake memes. Shout out to Drake. (laughs) All right. Thanks for listening to another episode of Hive Hoops. Until next time, adios. Thanks for listening to Hive Hoops. Presented by The League. Be sure to subscribe on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Also, be sure to leave a review and let us know what you thought of the episode. Thanks again from Hive Hoops.